When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Don't miss out on your chance to listen to four-time Super Bowl champ Charlie Weiss on the only podcast solely devoted to everyone's favorite position in football, the quarterback. Listen for free now by subscribing wherever you get podcasts or by going to CelebrityQB.com. Welcome to the second edition of the Fancy Throwdown podcast for this evening. I'm your host, Dwayne Callender. Uh, just reached halftime of the Eagles-Seahawks uh, game. Uh, Se- Seahawks up 10-3. to Eagles have been very concerned on offense uh, to the extent of you would say that they're making a business decision to uh, keep their players healthy because uh, they have not taken really any shots down the field against the Seahawks today, which is a bit surprising because uh, there there are chances to be had with no one in the Legion of Boom outside of Earl Thomas in the lineup. Uh, you would think they would have gone harder after uh, them today. It's not the case. Uh, they've been very tame uh, from an offensive perspective. Uh, so uh, definitely looking at uh, a couple of uh, things here. So couple of things I did not get around to talking about yesterday, uh, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, now that the college football playoff has finalized, I can at least get into it. Uh, so Alabama did, in fact, get the fourth uh, spot in the college football playoff, so uh, the seedings are as follows. Uh, we have the final rankings uh, as follows. So we've got Clemson at the number one spot where I've kind of penciled them in as Oklahoma got uh, number two spot. Georgia's up to three. Alabama's four uh, to round out the playoff. Uh, Finishing just outside, you've got Ohio State, Wisconsin, Auburn, USC, Penn State, and Miami rounding out the top ten for the uh, playoff rankings. You know, here's the deal. The AP agreed. The committee got it right. Alabama was the, the uh, a top four team this year. Ohio State flat out wasn't. You, you can't get beat by Iowa by 30. It, you know, Ohio State has only themselves to blame because they did not look good in their losses. It's just the fact of the matter. Alabama got beat by a hot Auburn team. Auburn played the hell out of uh, those games uh, between uh, Alabama and Georgia. Uh, They fell to Georgia finally in the rematch uh, in that three-week span, but it was such a physical brand of football. I think it was more of a war of attrition that got uh, Auburn beat than anything else. Uh, Although, I I still give credit to Georgia because they played a hell of a game, made a lot of 
uh, adjustments uh, in that matchup, but uh, uh, they got the job done. And I, I, you know, like I said, I'm not a Nick Saban fan whatsoever. I'm just looking at it from the compelling standpoint of who's going to put on the best football. I, I think that's Alabama. Plus, you get an interesting matchup here between Alabama and Clemson uh, in the uh, in the semifinals of the college football playoff. Uh, so you get a rematch of the national title game. Uh, you get a matchup of Oklahoma and Georgia. You know, this is one of those classic things that Bob Stoops would live for uh, if he were coaching Oklahoma, where he gets to go up against the vaunted SEC uh, because he always feels as though the Big 12 gets uh, the short uh, uh, the short stick in terms of being evaluated. So, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield is going to win the Heisman. He's going to have his showcase matchup against an SEC school. And, you know, if he has a good showing, there's a chance he can get selected by the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> uh, I'm joking, of course, but you never know with the Browns. They could actually be looking at drafting another quarterback. You have no idea. But uh, that uh, that is uh, going to be... An interesting set of games, uh, to say the least. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious to see where Ohio State ends up from here, uh, just in terms of being left out. Uh, the, you know, in terms of uh, just the uh, overall uh, makeup of uh, the remaining pool, does Ohio State kind of phone in their next matchup? Because, you know, it, 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 it's getting left off. It's something that. It's going to be talked about for quite some time. And it's in, stern, in, in terms of just their overall uh, 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 overall sense of purpose. Uh, you've got uh, an Alabama team that basically, uh, I mean, honestly, that, that schedule Alabama played during the year is, a, is an actual matchup where very slim chances that they were actually going to go undefeated this year. The fact that they it lost to the very end just kind of showed uh, how difficult the SEC, even in a down year, is to run undefeated in. Uh, but, uh, you know, they they did the statistical breakdown of their schedules. Uh, Alabama had a roughly 9% chance of, of uh, uh, pretty much going 11-1 uh let alone undefeated, just going 11-1. They had a 9% chance. Uh, an average top 25 team would have had a 14% chance to go 11-2 against uh, uh, Ohio State schedule. Alabama was just more decisive in uh, wins and losses. But, you know, it's going to be an interesting uh, couple of weeks here just to see how uh, Urban Meyer has uh, kind of built up because – you're going to have two years in a row where the Big Ten champion has been left out of the college football pool in terms of the college football playoff. I just look at that, and there's something to be said about that where you need to figure out what goes next because now Ohio State can't go to the Rose Bowl, and they're not in the playoff. I don't know what you make of Ohio State after this. And this is just, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. That's all I can say about that. Uh, uh, you, 
realistically, uh, Ohio State could get a uh, premier matchup. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm saying premier. I'm, I'm being facetious, but they could get a premier matchup against uh, Central Florida. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I just don't. I don't know what to make of it. it it's it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be. I I can only say it's gonna be interesting to say the least. Uh, I mean, yeah, this. I mean, actually, you know what? They could uh, they could actually pair them up with USC. Now that I think about it, if they pair them up with USC. Uh, that might actually uh, be a decent matchup. But uh, yeah, I just don't know who's who's gonna get Central Florida then. Because they got to pair Central Florida up with someone. I just don't know who. Uh, uh, hmm. Anyway. Uh, no uh, no final word on the bowl matchups just yet. But, uh, I, you know, usually they try to do a David and Goliath type matchup. Ohio State versus Central Florida would actually be an uh, interesting one that they can pursue. Although... USC's available. They may, they may just do USC versus Ohio State. Now that I think about it, uh, just to have uh, a big matchup, but uh, definitely gonna be an interesting couple of days to hear the backstory drama of the Big Ten uh, crying foul over being left out of the college football playoff for the second year in a row with their ch- uh, champion. So anyway, uh, we're gonna get into. Uh, the NFL uh, earlier games today. Uh, so uh, we're going to kick it off. So in terms of early games today, you know, I would say game of the day in terms of the early matchups, you basically are looking at a, the game of the day uh, for the early matchups it had to be just the Jets and the the Chiefs, a matchup of Josh McCown and Alex Smith is the game of the day, just in terms of how crazy this game was. The Jets jumped out to a 14-0 lead. Uh, uh, well, well, the Jets were down, actually. I'm saying in reverse. The Chiefs actually jumped out to a 14-0 lead. Uh, Travis Kelsey had two touchdowns right off the bat. Uh, Jets actually had to uh, scramble uh, for... Uh, two touchdowns to tie it up at 14-0. Jets then actually took control of this game uh, through, uh, for the rest of the game for the most part. The Chiefs were constantly playing from behind. Uh, you had Josh McCown throw for over 300 yards. Matt Forte had put up uh, a decent amount. Uh, Blah Powell rushed for uh, 48 as well. So the Jets' rushing attack uh, kind of controlled the line of scrimmage uh, here today uh, with uh, this matchup. But the uh, uh, the biggest thing was just the lack of defensive awareness with uh, the Chiefs. I mean, the Jets have played well, but the Jets still have a lineup that features Robbie Anderson, who's coming into his own. But the the Chiefs were getting carved up by Jermaine Curse. J- Jermaine Curse is a castoff from Seattle. I mean, the, the amount of catches Jermaine Curse had today, I believe he was at uh, 9 or 10 catches, but he was at a buck 50. I mean, Jermaine Curse should not be carving you up for a buck 50. 
in any scenario. Uh, unfortunately, another disappointing day for Austin Safarian Jenkins, but uh, the Chiefs had a monster day from Alex Smith. Alex Smith, for all the uh, line uh, uh, comments, and I believe me, I went after him pretty hard. Alex Smith balled today. 366, 4 TDs, 70 yards rushing. Alex Smith balled. The Chiefs defense did not ball. The G Chiefs defense took a powder, threw a referee's flag up in the stands. I mean, the Chiefs defense was abysmal today. Uh, I mean, the Chiefs lost this game because of the fact that they could not slow down the Jets' offense. Uh, they dropped uh, the matchup today, and honestly, the Chiefs' season is over. <laughs> I, I mean, the, the simple fact of the matter is, if you can't beat the Jets, I mean, you really have no business being in the playoffs. I mean, you lose 38-31. to It Yeah, it's great that the Jets won five games this year. Uh, and by great, I mean terrible because the Jets really needed some of those draft picks. Uh, but, you know, the biggest thing that I could say for the Chiefs is they're going to miss the playoffs this year. I don't think there's any chance that Andy Reid can right the ship. Uh, we're going to get into the Chargers, and we're going to get, because uh, I think the Chargers are the direct uh, line of getting into the playoffs. Uh, the Chargers had a, a solid performance today, uh, but uh, the Chiefs have a lot of issues. Uh, they can't seem to uh, get a handle on uh, what, uh, what their central issue is. Hey, there's a commitment issue. There's a lack of discipline issue. There's a lot to question on the Chiefs right now. And for them to try to circle the wagons to save their season, uh, basically the Chiefs' schedule uh, is coming down to divisional matchups against uh, the Raiders and the Chiefs. And the Raiders are awful. I mean, the Chiefs can beat the Raiders, but they're not beating the Chargers right now. I mean... If you're letting Josh McCown look like an, uh, <laughs> I mean, again, Josh McCown is a middle road journeyman quarterback. He threw for over 300 yards and had a hundred uh, hundred QB uh, uh, QB rating today. It, it's just unfathomable that that can happen. It cannot happen. Uh, I'm 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 hung up on this game because it was a game of the day, but it was a game of the day for all the wrong reasons. The Chiefs are missing the playoffs. Their remaining schedule shapes up as Raiders uh, at home, Chargers at home, Dolphins at home, and at the Broncos. Now, the Broncos are just a complete mess, but if the Broncos have a chance to knock the Chiefs out of the playoffs, they will actually show up for that game at the end of the year. Dolphins, okay, the Chiefs can win that game, but the Dolphins actually played today. Which is something that I can't say for the Chiefs. The Chargers matchup, I don't like their chances at all. And the Raiders, as terrible as they were against the Giants, I still have my doubts about the Chiefs right now. The, the Chiefs just have not been able to get themselves squared away. And uh, it's a clearly apparent that it may not happen this year. And it may cost Sandy Reid his job. So uh, moving on uh, to some of the other matchups that, that we had today. Uh you know, I, I gotta give uh, give a hand to. Uh, I mean, 
the Minnesota Vikings, you know, say what you will about the Vikings just being pedestrian offense, but I will give Case Keenum a lot of credit here because a lot of quarterbacks would have screwed this game up. And by screw it up, I mean just go overboard in terms of what you needed to do uh, to beat the Falcons here. So uh, Vikings go on the road, beat the Vi- uh, the Falcons 14-9. Uh, uh, it's a low-scoring game, but this was actually a well-executed uh, game plan by the Vikings. Vikings held the ball for over 34 minutes. Uh, they had over 300 yards, had 100 yards rushing, had over 200 yards passing from um, Case Keenum, had 22 first downs. This was just a by-the-numbers uh, uh, market efficiency. 6 of 12 on third downs. The Falcons cannot get the Vikings off the field. And they just grinded uh, the Falcons down. Uh, I mean, they could have ran it in at the end to just pad the stats and uh, uh, cover even further uh, on this one. And they, they actually took the knee. But, uh, you know... I'd say the uh, biggest thing for uh, the Vikings in this one is the fact that Case Keenum has firmly established himself as the team's starting quarterback. Uh, 25 of 30 uh, was basically perfect in the second half. Uh, uh, he completed his first 13 passes in the second half. Threw for uh, 227 yards and two TDs. But uh, again, the stats weren't there. But if you were watching this game like I was, you could see that this is a playoff team. This is what you do on the road. If you have to win a must-win game, the Falcons needed this game, and the Vikings just took it to them and kicked their teeth in, basically. The, the Vikings had uh, no uh, no issues controlling the Falcons. The Falcons have a lot of question marks heading into Thursday Night Football because they got to play the Saints, and, you know, Speaking of the Saints, I mean, uh, talk about another team that can just kick your teeth in. Uh, this was another impressive showing from the Saints. Uh, you know, Saints uh, uh, ho- uh, hosting Carolina. And, you know, again, uh, I thought the story was going to be Drew Brees uh, based on uh, some of the, the actual... Uh, uh, stats that I mentioned about how much Carolina blitzes, but this was the Alvin Kamara show. Alvin Kamara just dominated this game. So, uh, 60 yards, uh, 66 receiving yards, so over 100 yards uh, combined, but this was just hard running. Hard yards uh, took, a, took a beating. I mean, Carolina was trying to pop Kamara. He just bounced off of tackles. Uh, just kept getting yards and kept moving the chains. Uh, Mark Ingram, another great day, 85 yards rushing and rushing TD, uh, 37 receiving yards. I mean, the two of them had three rushing touchdowns today. I mean, Carolina. I mean, Carolina actually played well on defense. Uh, all things considered, they played well on defense, but they they can't. I mean, and if Carolina can't stop you on the on the ground. I don't think anyone else can in the NFC. Uh, the, the bottom line was the Saints just took it to uh, Carolina. Over 400 yards uh, on offense, but uh, just five yards to carry. It was just another game where 
you got 33 minutes of possession, and even with uh, just uh, a couple of explosive plays by Carolina, Carolina was never in this game. Uh, just to, from the standpoint of uh, Saints were pretty much in a two uh, two to three touchdown lead the entire way through. Uh, you know, you had some numbers uh, from uh, uh, Christian McCaffrey uh, receiving, but this was a lot of uh, just domination by the Saints themselves. So uh, the Saints are going to be 9-3 and playing Atlanta. Atlanta needs a lot of help uh, to stay in the playoffs uh, coming up. So we're going to get into uh, Titans, uh, Texans. You know, I, I give the Titans credit. I'm not a fan of theirs, but they put up the numbers today. Uh, you know, Marcus Mariota, uh, nothing out of the ordinary in terms of offense. Uh, only 150 yards passing, 23 rushing yards, had a passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown. Uh, just a very efficient day in terms of uh, offense from uh, the Titans. Uh, but, uh, you know, the uh, story ended up being this, the fact that these two teams put up uh, over 300 yards offense each, uh, but uh, you still had a really low score. It was a lot of back and forth in terms of uh, uh, some of the possessions here. Defenses gave up yards, didn't give up uh, uh, really many big plays. Tom Savage threw for over 350 yards, but again, that's a lot of hollow yards uh, uh, because uh, in terms of actual uh, conversion rates, uh, you know, they were able to move chains, but again, they weren't able to do any legitimate damage in the red zone, and a lot of drives were stalling out. So uh, you have uh, some uh, hollow stats uh, between uh, Tom Savage, uh, but none of his receivers had any uh, truly big days. I mean, uh, DeAndre Hopkins had 80 yards receiving, Braxton Miller had 70 yards receiving, but nothing really damaging. I mean, uh, Steven Anderson, uh, their third-string tight end, came out with five catches and 79 yards. Uh, just a lot of the, uh, a lot of what you thought might have happened didn't really work out for the Texans today. Uh, I give the Titans uh, some credit there. Uh, they did shore up the defense a wee bit. Uh, they got uh, they got some turnovers, uh, but. Uh, you know, in, in terms of uh, the, uh, the game today, you know, I, I still look at it and say that uh, both teams kind of shot themselves in the foot. Uh, there were 18 penalties between the two of them, uh, six sacks allowed between the two teams. Uh, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, Tennessee got the job done, even though they lost the time position uh, 34 minutes to, tw- uh, to 26. Uh, you know, a lot of it uh, is just, again, uh, the score was a lot closer than the team because uh, uh, Derrick Henry had a 75-yard touchdown run at the very end of the game uh, to uh, pad uh, pad the score. But uh, you know, I, I still look at it from standpoint of uh, uh, just uh, the overall uh, makeup of the Titans. Uh, they're eight and four, but I can't say that I'm sold on them. They, they've got a lot of work to do in order to be a legitimate threat in the AFC. But they'll, it looks as though they're going to make the playoffs at this stage. Uh, just the fact that they've got eight wins, two more locks it up for sure. Uh, but even one win would probably get them into uh, the playoffs this year, given away 
that the wild cards uh, are looking this year. All right, so second half is kicking off now, so uh, gonna be taking a, a little bit of an interlude, and I'll follow back up uh, once the uh, matchup uh, concludes. Yeah, so we're heading into the fourth quarter, and it is all Seattle, seventeen to three. Zach Ertz got hurt uh, not too long ago on a pass play, but uh, you know, it's one of those things that I look at sometimes with the NFL, and I always shake my head. It's usually when you're trying to play not to get hurt that you expose yourself to getting hurt even more. In this game, Seattle's come out, been the aggressor. They've been after Philly the entire time. Philly really has not had any answer for what Seattle's been doing. It's been all Seattle. Uh, They've been uh, clearly the aggressor. They've been taking it to Philly. Philly doesn't really have a response as to best way of kind of Mitigating what's been going on, uh, you know, I, I thought you we would have seen a couple more screenplays uh, just to kind of slow down the Seattle rush, but it really has not been happening. Uh, Seattle's been all over the field; uh, they've been running down, uh, they've been running down uh, the, uh, the backs uh, when they try to throw uh, throw it out in the flat. Uh, uh, Alshon Jeffrey's been locked down on the outside by Shaquille uh, Green, I believe his name is. It's been a very impressive effort from Seattle, I have to say. It's it's one of those where uh, you, you kind of look at it and say, uh, I have to kind of do, <laughs> uh, I actually have to take a, a, de- a decent, uh, uh, take a, another look uh, through uh, the, the game tape uh, on this one a- afterwards because the uh, the the problem, uh, the problem ends up being is the fact that uh, the, uh, uh, the, the Eagles right now cannot get any sort of mo- uh, momentum going, and I don't think this game's going to be close in the fourth quarter. I think uh, Philly may actually dial it down even further to get themselves out of here. They got a matchup against the Rams next week, and that's going to be another physical matchup. So I would say that they should be trying to get themselves a little bit of momentum here, uh, just so they can say, uh, just so they can finish out the. The game's strong, but right now they are getting their butts handed to them, and it's not close. It's been decidedly uh, all Seahawks today. Uh, I'll I'll eat my crow on this one, but uh, uh, the the Eagles actually have their own issues they got to sort out because uh, uh, as it stands right now, uh, they're not going to be able to keep up uh, uh, with uh, the Rams or the Seahawks the way they're they're playing right now. And as I say this, uh, Carson Wentz completes a deep pass down the field to uh, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, yeah, go figure. Anyway, I'll uh, get back to my thoughts uh, once the game concludes. And for those who did not see this play, uh, you need to see this on SportsCenter. Uh, Carson Wentz does a bootleg sprint out and hits uh, Aguilar on a rope 40 yards down the field. Uh, Carson, uh, I mean... Went uh, has not had a good night tonight, but that's a really good throw. All right, Sunday night football just uh, wrapped up. Uh, we had the Eagles losing to the Seahawks, twenty-four to ten. Just uh, overall disappointing game from the Eagles. Uh, never really quite had uh, the uh, impetus to actually put something together here. So uh, you know. Uh, this actually changes the playoff picture uh, quite a bit because now uh, you've got 
you actually have the Vikings take over the number one seed in the NFC for the time being. Eagles drop to the two seed. Seattle creeps back into the playoff picture as a wild card. Uh, but uh, an important win for uh, Seattle, though, because it, you you really see... Uh, you're starting to see how they can put together a run in the playoffs. If the defense can play like that, and uh, I, I will say one thing. Uh, Shaquille Griffin put on a hell of an impression of Richard Sherman. I mean... Alshon Jeffrey had a very difficult time getting open. And I'll say one thing. Carson Wentz looked a little bit shook. Uh, because uh, from the standpoint of he did not want to throw into a tight spot with Griffin covering Jeffrey. I thought there were some chances where he could have pulled the trigger on Jeffrey. And he didn't want to actually uh, put uh, put the ball in the spot where Jeffrey could make, uh, make the reception. I mean, yeah, there were a couple of throws where... It could have happened, but he was concentrating on trying to take advantage of Aguilar and Maxwell, and they uh, they were doing a decent enough job. I mean, Aguilar still had a big game uh, overall, but uh, you know, if I'm being honest, uh, Aguilar had over 20 points. Jeffrey had about uh, eight to ten, depending on the scoring format, but. Uh, it was just the Nelson Aguilar show uh, uh, because Ertz was a non-factor even before he got hurt. And then after Ertz got hurt, uh, then uh, Seattle uh, didn't really focus on Trey Burton, so he caught a couple of passes. But uh, you could see Wentz was struggling uh, making some reads because he was trying to figure out ways of moving the football uh, without having uh, to throw to Jeffrey. And Aguilar happened to be the guy getting the volume, so... Uh, you had, uh, uh, essentially, uh, Carson Wentz uh, uh, ends up uh, on the day with uh, uh, just over, uh, just under 350 yards with a touchdown. A big fumble, uh, though, uh, changed the momentum of that game. Russell Wilson, meanwhile, uh, had over 200 yards and, uh, you know, three touchdowns. You know, I'll say this about uh, Russell Wilson. He is the unheralded uh, member of the NFL MVP race, because to me, he should be the front runner, but it's going to be between Wentz and Brady. But, uh, you know, Russell Wilson just every week puts on a show. Uh, happened again uh, today. Eagles defense didn't really have an answer for him whatsoever. Uh, I thought the Eagles defense was a, also a bit too passive, but uh, give credit to the Seahawks. They managed to put up a game plan together uh, that got the job done. So, uh, we'll move on with uh, some of the other games uh, that took place today. So, coming down to it, uh, you had a matchup uh, between, uh, I-, I would say, the two of the most just disappointing teams, but for different reasons. Uh, you had the chart, uh, you-, you had. Uh, the Packers and the uh, Buccaneers. Uh, Packers are still in the NFC playoff race because of everything that's gone on. The Buccaneers can play spoiler. Jameis Winston back in the the saddle for uh, Tampa and disappointing. I mean, that's all I can say about Tampa Bay. Uh, it's just another continuation of a sorry season. Jameis Winston had a terrible fumble. 
Uh, ended up being a punt, uh, fumble return for a touchdown for the Packers. Uh, Brett Hundley threw for under 100 yards and won the game. Uh, Brett Hundley threw for 84 yards, one interception, uh, had 66 rushing yards. Uh, Jamal Williams, uh, another big game, 113 rushing yards uh, and a rushing touchdown to go along with it. But, I mean, 84, I mean, seriously, less than 100 passing yards should never win an actual NFL game. That's, that's, even Tebow can do 100 yards. Uh, but why were uh, the Packers able to hang in this game? Because Jameis Winston continues to struggle making basic reads on the offense. Uh, and the most infuriating part, if you're a Tampa fan, is that you had a, a great game from Peyton Barber. Uh, Doug Martin's still out with a concussion. Peyton Barber rushed for 100 yards. Caught four passes, 41 yards. This was a tailor-made game, and uh, Tampa still struggled uh, mightily in terms of just getting their act together. And I, I, I just don't know where you go from here with Tampa. I really don't. It, this is almost a situation where you have to bring in somebody else to coach this team because, I mean, Jameis Winston is still a very young player, but he has shown no development. Mike Evans had six targets and two receptions. This is like the Julio example today with uh, Atlanta being forgotten in the offense. Uh, I mean, Julio had six targets, two for, and uh, two receptions. But the Packers' secondary is terrible. At least Julio had Xavier Rhodes on him. I mean, Julio, Mike Evans was covered by no one, and James Winston still couldn't get him the ball. I mean, Cameron Brait had a monster game with uh, two touchdowns. But again, this was just a weird game because he, he, there's nothing here with that should have been anything where the Buccaneers uh, should have been struggling to win this game. And yet they're 4-8. They lose in overtime on the only carry today from Aaron Jones running 20 yards for a touchdown to end it. I mean, it, it, it is just... It's a bad situation for Tampa. I, I don't, I don't see any way of uh, cutting it nicely. When you run over twenty more plays than the opposition and you lose in overtime like that, it, something's wrong. Something is wrong with uh, Tampa Bay, and they're gonna have to do, do some soul searching to figure out what to do with that squad because way too talented to be this disappointing. And I'll get to the Giants. I mean, there are a couple other matchups that happened today. Uh, you know, the Rams took care of business against uh, the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I like a couple of these matchups were just so piss poor. Uh, Miami just destroyed Denver. Denver's a mess. I, I honestly don't know what. You know, again, some of these teams, so much work to do. Vance Joseph probably going to get fired at the end of the year for Denver and it's not on him this is on John Elway and the team he put together and the personnel decisions he made the Denver defense has given up because the Denver offense is so pitiful uh, Trevor Simeon was back at QB wasn't any better than Paxton Lynch or Brock Osweiler 
I mean, they might as well sign one of the guys from the CFL that played in the Grey Cup last weekend uh, to play quarterback for the Broncos because they don't have any QBs on their roster. They got three, and none of them can play. So you might as well sign somebody else off the street. Uh, you know, if you don't want to sign Kaepernick, sign somebody else because anybody else can be playing a better uh, quarterback uh, for the Broncos at this point uh, if they can, if they can actually read an NFL playbook. There's nothing uh, good I could say about uh, Denver. Now, we have a matchup today that had big implications for other reasons. You got Jimmy G and the San Francisco 49ers going against the Chicago Bears. This was a matchup where you had two bottom-feeding teams... Uh, and the possibility of improving their draft positioning, and by improving, I mean tanking their draft position. Uh, the Bears had two wins. The 49ers had one win. Something's got to give. And sure enough, it did. Uh, the Bears had 147 yards of total offense. Outside of the Giants game, this might have been the worst game of the day. Except Garoppolo actually was a competent quarterback. So it was the second worst uh, game of the day. I'll get to the, like I said, I'll get to the Giants. Uh, you know, Garoppolo, 26-37, 293. Looked good, had one pick. But at least the 49ers started to look like a real NFL offense again. Uh, which is something you couldn't say with uh, C.J. Bedard. Uh, and, you know, even though the rushing attack isn't there with Carl Hyde. I'm not sure what the situation is there, to be frank. Uh, Brita's getting some carries. Carl Hyde's getting some carries. But that rushing attack should be better than what it is. Uh, and it's just not. They're getting only three, uh, 3.2 yards a carry. It's got to be better than that. Uh, but Garoppolo made it work. The Bears need a lot of work. John Fox is getting fired. John Fox may be the new coach of the uh, Giants by the end of this. Uh, because uh, we've got... Uh, just so much wrong with uh, the Giants today. Uh, Eli Manning benched, obviously. Geno Smith in. Geno Smith doing what Geno Smith does. Turned the ball over. Uh, had two costly fumbles uh, for the Giants. Uh, David Carr was dreadful today. Uh, I, I mean, he got 287 yards, but this was truly the worst game of the day today. And I'm going to stop the music here because this this game did not deserve any music to speak of. And this speaks to a larger problem. This game was such a clear example that the Giants front office and uh, brass were trying to tank this season. Because there's no way you can convince me that Eli Manning, if he was actually playing today, wanted to figure out a way to win that game today. Because the... Uh, the Raiders' defense was not rushing the passer that great. Even though Khalil Mack had some uh, had some uh, rushes on it, it was not nearly to the extent that they probably should have been able to get to Geno. Even with the uh, quick step drops, Geno scrambled for his life for a couple of downs, but the, the amount of pressure that was on him wasn't nearly as bad as it should have been for the Raiders. Uh, I thought the Raiders were a little, uh, way too soft in this game. Uh, and then to uh, to get back to the Raiders' offense, Derek Carr, you know, he got the contract, but 
I mean, and may, maybe it's the back issue, but, it, you know, there were some throws he missed. And, it, it, you know, they were trying to put the blame on some of the younger receivers and maybe they weren't running run, uh, the proper routes. I'll look, at, I'll look at the film again, but to me, a lot of the Raiders' struggles today against the Giants had to do with Derek Carr not hitting certain passes that he needed to hit. I just look at that as Derek Carr kept the Giants in this game far longer than they had any right to be. And, uh, you know, from that standpoint, uh, it, it just, uh, this, was the, this was the worst game of the day. <laughs> I, 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 that's all I can say. I, I watched the entirety of the game because I'm a Giants fan, but, you know, they kept going to shots of Eli and, you know, obviously he was doing everything he could to kind of get the Giants over the hump in this one. But, you know, the fact of the matter remains that the Giants are not a good football team. The Raiders are not a good football team. The Raiders should have lost today. And the fact that the Giants put up this farce that Geno gave them the best chance to win this game is a load of crap. I mean, everyone could see that this offense still struggles uh, regard. Uh, Regardless, and Geno's turnovers is what actually made the difference in the game because the Giants sh- uh, should have actually uh, made some conversions. Uh, there was a sick grab by Evan Ingram on an air ball by Geno where he one-handed the air ball uh, well over his head and uh, made a sick one-handed grab. But, you know, if anyone's trying to make the case that Geno had a good day passing, I mean, no. Geno had 200 yards of passing. And that was against a weak Raider secondary that was playing off, uh, playing a soft zone coverage. I mean, and the pass rush wasn't nearly as potent as it should have been. I mean, like I said, this was a tough, tough game to watch. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I, I can't say it any uh, clearer than that. The Giants got what they wanted. They got the, uh, they got the loss. And they're, because of the 49ers win today, the Giants are in the number two position in terms of the NFL draft, which is what they're prioritizing right now. I would not be surprised if uh, Ben McAdoo was fired tomorrow uh, because if they allow Ben McAdoo to come back in that stadium next week and just hear it from the fans, I mean, it would just be such terrible television. I can't think Mara is that oblivious to every feedback he's gotten from the fan base at this point of how uh, fed up we are. So, McAdoo's probably getting fired. You're probably going to see Davis Webb regardless uh, the rest of the way, even though the kid isn't ready yet. I mean, maybe they'll let Gino get thrown to the wolves some more, but Eli already stated clearly that he wants to play next year. So, take that for what uh, what it's worth. Uh, Looks like Eli's going to be playing elsewhere. Uh, next year, so it's just a matter of what we can get from him, or if we're gonna have to cut him, which is a terrible way to end his uh, career with the Giants. But you know, at this stage, uh, John Mayer already made his bed with it, so he's gonna have to live with that decision for the rest of his tenure as the owner, uh, as the co-owner of the New York Giants. Tish also deserves blame for this as well, but uh, you know, from the standpoint. Uh, that he probably should have talked Mara out of this, but Mara calls the shots essentially for the team. So uh, Tish usually goes along for the ride more 
more often than not. A uh, couple other games uh, we could talk about uh, would be the Raiders and Lions. I'd rather not because the Lions, as usual, bored me to death. Uh, the uh, the Ravens got the win, uh, got some tur- uh, 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 timely uh, turnovers from their defense. Justin Tucker did his thing, uh, kicked <laughs> five field goals. I mean, uh, kick, uh, uh, actually, no, he kicked five extra points, but he got uh, three field goals uh, um, just bombed him. I mean, there was one 50-yarder that he hit at least 67 yards. I, I'm, I'm convinced he would have hit it from 67, uh, just of how clean he hit that uh, ball. Uh, just uh, the only good thing I could say about this game. Uh, like I said, there were a number of terrible games on uh, today. So uh, that uh, basically does it. I mean, yeah, I could talk about the Rams taking uh, handling Yo Gabba Gabbert and the Cardinals, but uh, Blaine Gabbert is not an NFL QB. I mean, there were a lot of guys who are not real NFL QBs that are quarterbacking in this league, but we've already had that combo. Uh, I can do it again, but uh, it's already after midnight, and frankly... I need to get some sleep. So I'm going to call it uh, uh, here for tonight. Uh, We'll get into some of the other things that happened over the weekend, uh, including turf guy for uh, college football because, uh, you know what, a lot of people did not earn their paychecks this weekend in the world of sports, but the one guy who did was the turf guy who managed uh, the turf in the Big uh, Big Ten title game because... That might have been one of the highlights of the sports year, watching Turf Guy in front of 65,000 people and millions across the world. So we're going to give a shout-out to Turf Guy in the next edition of the the Fantasy Throwdown podcast. So uh, that's all for tonight. Have a good one, folks. talked about position in all of sports the quarterback and now there's a show solely dedicated to the most sought after role on the field celebrity qb featuring four-time super bowl champion coach charlie weiss unlike other football shows you'll get the inside scoop on all things quarterbacks like is this the year tom brady finally looks his age will dating danica patrick distract aaron Rodgers? i mean he's dating danica patrick charlie we're interested in that you know well i mean tommy's got giselle i'll I'll take giselle okay (laughs) is dak prescott good enough to win a super bowl for the cowboys which rookie quarterback has the best shot of making a positive impact in 2018 how about intellectually charlie as far as what they ask the quarterbacks to do now the game has changed but the pressure that's put on quarterbacks and it always been put on quarterbacks is tremendous Join Charlie Weiss and co-host Steve Strout on an all-new podcast from Lasting Media, exclusively about quarterbacks. Subscribe now at Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Celebrity QB, everyone's favorite position. 
big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money.